Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me today is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. We will be joined by Vinny Duber later. He is currently at Guaranteed Rate Field. He is covering the team, talking to the players. And interim, I, I think that might be the right word, interim. Well, uh, interim seems that uh, Tony acting, got dis- yeah, dismissed. Acting manager uh, uh, Miguel Cairo, because uh, we'll get into it with Vinny. Uh, Tony LaRusso, about an hour before today's game, uh, was advised by his doctors to not manage in today's game and we will get more of an update from the White Sox tomorrow so some scary stuff with Tony but I don't think that that's the reason why they lost tonight nine to seven to the Royals the White Sox fall to 63 and 66 on the year 30 and 35 at home and the Royals improved to 53 and 77 Lucas Giolito was the starter for the Sox and Brady Singer was the starter for the Royals the Royals ended up scoring from the in the second inning the third inning the fourth inning the fifth inning the sixth inning the seventh inning and the eighth inning they scored in uh, seven straight innings. Herb in this one. The White Sox had a big blast uh, in the fifth inning, scoring four runs. A big blast from Aloy Jimenez in the seventh, uh, giving them a solo shot, making it a, I think it was a, a, a eight to five game at that point. And then Gavin Sheets hit a second home run of the night uh, in the ninth inning, giving the Sox their seventh run. But Herb, how are you feeling after this one? Um, you know, they've beaten the will of me out of like actually caring about the game. I'm just like, if you're going to lose, lose quickly. And they did not lose quickly. It's like a three hour and 30 minute game. Um, good to have Gavin cheats show up Two rocket home runs. He hit Aloy with a big deep drive. Those are the things we need. Also need Lucas Giolito to show up today's performance. Unacceptable. The bullpen came up and threw fa- fire onto the fire. Not good. Not good at all. And what you're saying, the 53 wins by the Royals, now with the 10th win versus the White Sox, they've won the season series. Then also, they have 19% of their wins against the White Sox this year. Of their whole season, 19% versus the White Sox. And not only that, but the White Sox now, with that loss, have clinched a losing record in the 2022 season versus the Royals, a losing record versus the Royals in the 2021 season, and a losing record to the Royals in the 2019 season. And it's just absolutely pathetic that the bottom feeder of this division, and I'm just saying, I'm not trying to upset any Kansas City fans like we upset the Arizona Diamondbacks fans, uh, (laughs) is calling them lowly. This Royals team, since 2015, has been one of the worst in Major League Baseball. They have just stopped spending on their team. They usually don't spend too much, and a lot of their large players from that team have left and gone, and they haven't replaced them. And you're seeing some of the guys that are replacing them, like Bobby Witt Jr., like Vinny Pascatino, like Nick Prado, some of these, Michael Massey as well, uh, local kid, <laughs> Nicky Lopez, right? They, they got some young pieces. But still, this wasn't supposed to be the Royals' year, and they are still 24 games under 500. But yet, for some reason, they've been able to hand it to this team each and every time that they have played them. And the only time, you know, I can really think the White Sox, like, beating them is when they had Jonathan Heasley on the mound 
quad A pitcher. Like, outside of that, you throw up any righty who can throw strikes against the White Sox, and they'll lose. Yeah, and the White Sox did most things correct today. Offensively, three home runs, awesome. Got a couple people on via the walk, awesome. A bunch of hits. I don't know exactly how many hits they had today. 12 hits, excellent. Sprinkle in a couple of extra base hits in there. Mm Mm-hmm. But you still lose by two runs, 9-7, to seven because Lucas Giolito has been just abysmal this year. Horrible. And Joe Kelly, right there with him. You let Michael A. minus Taylor hit a home run off of you, you should just leave. Leave. He's been really bad. That's one of Rick Hahn's big-time offseason signings. He's been a failure this year. Uh, just you get the offensive effort finally at home. And then you don't finish it off with the uh, with the defense and the pitching staff. So I don't know what to say anymore. It's just a broken record right now. This team doesn't come to play every day. This team is not a cohesive unit. This team only has 109 home runs on the year. We're on August 29th. It's it's sad. The sad way for this dynasty, not dynasty, this window <laughs> to close. And it closed pretty damn quickly on all of our fingers. And all thanks to the Royals. Yeah. <laughs> all thanks to the Royals kicking our ass. Uh, and this, like Cleveland's not even that far away. They're six games ahead of us. Right. But it's over. There's no way the White Sox are going to do this. Mathematically, over. they can. Yeah, mathematically, they, have, they still have a chance. But they are showing you every day. They're waiting for October, what, 6th to happen as much as you are. They're waiting for, they're counting down the 33 games they got to play. Who was the, uh, who was the team? Was it the Giants? They were taking uh, trips already, like before their, it was the the New York Giants. They were taking boat trips and stuff before their playoff game, right? Like, you know what? I, I think the White Sox already have their, their postseason play. I'm going to Vegas, you know, oh, yeah. late, late October. Yeah. yeah, late October. I'm going to Vegas. You know, I already got that planned. I know this White Sox team isn't going far. That's awesome. Why yeah. not? You know what? Because what, what, what's going to happen? Worst thing's worse. I do a couple shows from Vegas because the White Sox are in the ALCS. Stop. White Sox, the White Sox beating in the ALCS? you kidding me? They're Come on, the I'm ALCS Vegas. is to go buy tickets like us. Ridiculous. It's the only way they're going. And, and it's just like, I said this before. Taking advantage of the teams in your division Need to be a must this year. And I think it was the big guy or somebody in the comments saying we were talking a big, you know, some big talk before the season. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We Fuck were you talking think? big yes. talk. And Jason, Jason <laughs> Goff, our guy, said like, man, we were talking a lot of shit, huh, about this before the season. We were talking a lot of shit. We were, and for good reason. And the fact that, you know, now I have to look at the great one and Shane Newbanks, a CHGO Cubs listener, coming in and be like, oh, this is the Chicago's team that was promised. Hey, Look, this team has beaten their fan base into just not caring. I mean, you could see it in the comments. People are comfortably numb. They're caring. They're, they're, they're comfortable with losing at this point. Vinny said in his mailbag it was all about the future. Like, we're just, we're just back into what we were before 2018. And, yeah, of course, fans are going to get hyped up before, about their team before they, they make you know, the season starts. But it's not like we were coming out of nowhere, right? I mean, two straight playoff appearances. You just won the division. And before this season, this division looked as lowly as it currently is. I thought, even if you told me right now, the Guardians would be, what, 68 and 57 or whatever they are. And, 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 you know, I thought they'd be still in second place. 
behind the 80 win or something Chicago White Sox or 71 win Chicago White Sox. Yet here we are. Yeah, the other teams in the division are doing exactly what we probably thought they would do, except for the Tigers. I thought the Tigers would be a little bit better than they are right now. But the White Sox are supposed to be much better than this. If you say not, then you're wrong, and you believe that shit too. There was no documentation of you at the beginning of the year thinking the White Sox would be under 500 in August. There's none. Nobody. So, yeah, dunk on us now, but come truth. You know that the White Sox are supposed to be better than this. You thought the White Sox were going to win this AL Central by a walk. And it hasn't happened. This is a huge failure for that team. Not us. We're just as much as pissed as you. They failed. We did not fail. We're having a great year. It's an awesome year, actually. Hey, I like McFly guy saying, why not relocate Project Birmingham to Chicago? That'd be fun. Get some new blood up here. You know what? Maybe, maybe you know, cap off the first CHGO season with doing something historic. Swap out the 26-man roster. Just bring in guys that are all going to make their debuts. That seems fun. Honestly, I'd rather watch that for the rest of September than the actual White Sox play games. Maybe Gavin Sheets can stay. Gavin Sheets, Dylan Cease, Johnny Cueto. Am I missing anybody? Who else can stay? Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. He's, he's young. He's the future. I guess we'll keep Pito because it will, will be nice. Eh. He's been hitting well. Eh. Just make him a swan song. I mean, if Jose Abreu has had a good year on paper, if he is this guy going forward, I would just rather what, let him walk in free agency. I mean, offer him a qualifying offer. Because if he does the walk, you know, you don't want to get something for him. But I don't want him back if that's going to be a glut again for Andrew Vaughn and also Gavin Sheets and all of our various first baseman DH off-fielder types. So, yeah. hey, A I- nice month of saying goodbye to Pito and this month of September that we're coming up on. That'll be a nice thing to do because he's... Done well for the White Sox. A statue will be hanging up for him. He'll be having a 79 retired at the end of his career. But this team is dead. We need to retool on the fly. And like we said yesterday, the architects of this rebuilding team don't need to retool the team next year. So Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, see you later. And I think, too, at this point, I I tweeted this out. Why not put a Brayu in left? Bat him leadoff, put him in left. We've tried every other first baseman out in left field. We see Gavin Sheets diving out on his face. Um, you know what? I, I think that Josh and Jim on Sox Machine had a good talk and discussion about Jose Abreu's future and what it looks like. And I, I think there was a discussion between Josh and Jim, and it was basically like, does Jose Abreu just see his way out? Because he looks at the team and is like, all right, well, you have Andrew Vaughn here. You have Gavin Sheets here. Maybe I'm not welcome. And they tossed around the idea of Yuli Gurriel kind of being in his later years, like, would Houston not look better with Jose Abreu at first base than Yuli Gurriel? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think that he can clearly still offer something to teams and, and to other teams. And if he doesn't have to carry a team, maybe he's having a more run-producing year. I think a lot of this is self-put-on pressure because you look at Jose Abreu in low-pressure situations and medium-pressure situations, he produces. But this year in high-pressure situations, he's not coming through. And I think a lot of that is because he feels this burden on his shoulders. And I think that he probably looks at this White Sox team and is like, hey, you know, I've given this team everything that I could over the past four years. We're not getting anywhere. Maybe my time's just up here on the South side and I'll go compete. I'm in a different state of my career. These White Sox players are still developing, even though they are in their late 20s <laughs> and or, you know mid 20s. I am in my late 30s at this point. I need to be serious about winning a championship. And I don't know if that's a part of his 
you know, goals in his baseball playing career, but I wouldn't be shocked with how much that guy plays with each and every day. So I wouldn't be shocked to see him go to a contender because if I was him, why would I want to be around this organization? They promise to at least be competitive and at least have a parade of some sort. And there's no parade happening this year. You have seen this team play for four months and nothing is going to change. So put it, Jose Bray out in left field. Call up everyone from Project Birmingham. I don't know. May, maybe let's have Ethan Katz manage the first five innings. And in the last four innings, maybe we can, you know, try some people out. Maybe we could try the guy who, who yelled at Tony to, you know, pinch run Adam Engel. He obviously <laughs> had a great uh, late inning idea with this team. At, at this point, nothing can hurt but... I don't think it's turning around. I, I don't think anything that they can do uh, can turn this season around at this point. I'm at a point where I don't think this team is currently constituted. If you just said, hey, this is a bad year. Everybody at the same time had a collective bad year. Let's run that shit back. I don't even think that team can win the AL Central next year because they've shown that they don't have it. You know, the 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 switch where you could turn on, it's like, all right, that's enough. It's, it's Enough time of playing with these Guardians. Enough time trying to play with these Twins. Let's go. The Royals, come on now. That's a 17-2 and two record for us on the season. That's a champion. That's what champions do. Dominate teams like the Royals. Dominate teams like the Guardians. Win more games versus the Guardians. Win more games versus the Twins. The White Sox have only dominated the Tigers. That tells me a lot about them. Tells me a lot about this organization, that it's flawed. They don't have a lot of versatile baseball players. They don't have a lot of lefty power hitters. They just have one right, right. now. And Gavin Sheets. And well, think it took about him that. a whole half a year to figure Having it out. Gavin Sheets is like our big time win this year. That's like the big thing this year. Gavin Sheets is a power left hander. And he's not really a huge power left hander. Well, he's just actually, a power left hander on this team. And he's only been a power at left hander for 50 games. Yeah. Like you actually haven't felt the impact of Gavin Sheets because. Even when they finally get two home runs in a game from a player, it's wasted. And I see people like Marion saying Ethan Katz needs to get some heat too. Bullpen ERA is bottom 10 in baseball, and starters have multiple guys with ERAs over five. First off, there was a lockout. Um, second of all, there's been a lot of things that you're dealing with injury-wise. And third of all, why not look at the GM? I don't think Ethan Katz has been that bad. You look at the strides that Dylan Cease has made. Um, you, you see the strides that Jimmy Lambert has made. Ronaldo Lopez has made. Liam Hendricks hasn't gotten any any worse. Like, I think a lot of the bad, the bad bullpen stuff is due to Joe Kelly, who has been often injured this year and has had a lot of struggles. He had 11 good game stretch um, from about the middle of July to the to early August, but since then um, he's basically returned to his badness like I, I don't know like I think you guys are just upset and blaming everybody I think the clear like people who have issues or who have caused issues on this team Jerry Reinsdorf Rick Hahn, Frank Minichino Tony LaRusso would be my my power rankings or or my hit list of that course like I think those are the people with true you know culpability yep. on this team and those people need to leave I know one of them won't leave because he's the owner and right. the owner will keep <laughs> The manager, as long as the manager wants to be here. So we have two guys we can actually get out of here. We're Rick Hahn and Mr. Minichino. I think Frank Minichino is not going to last. He's 100% gone in my mind. Now, the other three might just come back because of this insular loyalty-built organization, which sucks. 
because there's no accountability for being bad. This season should have everybody fired. It should be a cleaning of the whole system. And we'll do it again with somebody else who knows how to do baseball and knows how to develop players. Like, they know how to draft players, I think. But the thing is, can they have that player go from single A up to the major leagues and have some linear growth and have some growth that is in the major leagues, too? Like, it seems like this the growth stops when they get to the major leagues and the player becomes just the same or falls down or is oft injured as we see with Luis Robert, as we see with Aloy Jimenez. Can we have anybody that is just, okay, he was pretty good as a rookie. Man, he's taken off in his fifth year because he's understanding baseball. He's understanding what the pitchers are doing to him. He's knowing how balls are hit off the bat. He can get a good jump, those type of things. Like, Luis Robert has become a worse fielder where he won the gold glove his rookie year. Now he's just above, outs above average, which is weird as hell. Very weird. And you could say injuries and stuff, but no, you know, he doesn't get as good jumps as he did as a rookie. He's not that much older. He's two more years older. So why isn't he growing to the player that we thought was going to be the MVP candidate this year? Well, and even then, too, I mean, a large part of his issues, you can kind of look at like Javi Baez and it's the over aggressiveness and he has not worked that out of his game. And ever, I mean, the one person that you started describing, like I immediately thought of Andrew Vaughn and what they do, they immediately called him up. Because they saw, oh, hey, we have some guy who understands the fundamental of baseballs immediately. Like, I, I just think that they saw Andrew Vaughn as a finished product. And their very weak and futile farm system, I don't think, could have developed Andrew Vaughn much more than he already was. I think he was already such a far-along player that they looked at him and was like, oh, we can't help this kid anymore. Let's see if he fucking sinks uh, uh, up in the major leagues. And so far, he hasn't because he is a very talented and well-rounded baseball player and has been in his entire career. But we've we've talked about this. Like, their ability to actually home-grow talent is pathetic. And, and they honestly took shots in the dark signing Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez to the contracts that they did before they even played a game. They were hoping that those guys hit the projections that they were going to. But we have not seen development from those guys at the major league level. I think Aloy's main reason is because of injuries. They really can't control that, but also the way that these guys are all running into first base uh, as an organization, whether it be Leury sliding into first base today, him stepping on the bad awkward, bag awkwardly, Aloy stepping on the bag awkwardly, them consistently putting him out in left field, even though he has a knee injury and now it keeps flaring up more and more. So he's only relegated to a designated hitter. Like, I don't think it's all on Aloy. I think if you took Aloy out of this organization, I think Aloy has a very healthy 10-year career in the major leagues. Maybe Luis Robert doesn't, but I understand why you take a gamble on a guy with that many tools, but it seems like the tools for Luis Robert are decreasing as well. And now they're gambling on playing him with a wrist injury. I mean, we read the quote from Tony before the game. He still can't swing. And I heard James Fegan on the score on Monday saying that during his batting practice, the first batting practice before he was uh, activated after those eight games he missed, not being on the IL, he was swinging with one uh, hand during those batting practices. And they still gave him the AOK to play. And now, as we see, Luis Roberts still on this bench. So I, I don't think it's about Ethan Katz or, or, or it's like it's clearly this organization and how it's struggled, struggled, structured is a problem. And the guys that have been structuring it are Kenny Williams, who's been doing it for the past 30 years, Jerry Reinsdorf for the past 40, and Rick Hahn has been in the organization for the past 20 and been the main guy, the general manager for the past 12. 
Like those are the main culprits right there. Those three guys are the main issues with the Chicago White Sox. And Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't see that. He sees his team as, oh, man, it's uh, it's healthy. And he sees that his baseball people are doing a good job. I don't even know if he cares if this record is 63 and 60, 66. I mean, I'm sure he's mad. But he's like, all right, the turnstiles look good. The concessions are good. We're all great. I'm I'm pretty happy. You know, my man Tony's back in the dugout. Parking's $27. Yeah, like it's... It feels 14. Feels good. I and mean, we can run this right back. And Rick just said that all our problems are injuries. So, you know, just have these guys healthy. Did we need... All right, we fired the guy last year. Okay, I'll fire this guy and have another training staff in there. And let's see if we can be healthy in next year and roll the dice again. I don't know. That guy is just so, so terrible at, at being an owner. His good part is that he's loyal. So if you work for Jerry Reinsdorf, you know you're going to have a job for a minute. I mean, we see Daryl Boston, and what does he do? Nothing. He was in the organization as a young player in the 80s, went to New York, said questionable alleged rape thing he had in, with the Mets in spring training, and then man gets hired back to the White Sox, and he's still the team. The outfield isn't good, and that's what his part of his uh, job of is, is being the outfield coordinator and also helping people at first base to learn and know what's going on, the, the pop time of the catcher, with the, if the pitcher's coming over here to uh, pick you off. And I've seen multiple guys get picked off at first base not paying attention. We've seen Adam Engel get uh, into a trouble – when he went to second base and almost passed up Yohan Mankata, that turned into the eight-five right. double triple play. That's only happened one time here in Chicago. Daryl Boston, what do you do? Same thing with Joe McEwing. What do you do? They talk, took him off third base a couple years ago. Put Nick Capra there. Nick Capra didn't work out. Put Joe McEwing's bum ass right back there. This organization keeps on just reshuffling the chairs and giving people the same jobs. They won't let anybody go. That shit needs to end. They need to have a top-down restructuring of this team. Having Kenny Williams, I love Kenny Williams. And, and I saw the other day in our chat that just somebody said, who's a better GM, Kenny Williams or Rick Hahn? I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> who's a better GM, Rick Hahn or Kenny Williams? Motherfucker, what has Rick Hahn done? What has he done? One thing he's done. Not a damn thing. Exactly. Kenny Williams, yeah, he ran into a, a lucky two thousand five. He, well, he did it. He made that shit happen. He had a Carlos Lee in two thousand four that he knew was good in his prime, doing well for himself. I think thirty home runs, hundred RBIs his last two years. And he said Carlos Lee cannot be on my team anymore. I gotta get Scott Pacetic and Luis Vizcaino on this team to change up the atmosphere. And yeah. Kenny Williams did run into a lot of problems and the same guys, the Jarrett Mitchells, the Courtney Hawkinses, and all those guys. But God damn it, Kenny Williams, that question really offended me. Kenny Williams is the best GM this team has ever had. Ever had. And that's not speaking highly of this organization. But Kenny Williams, to bring up Kenny, Rick Hahn's name with Kenny Williams was an insult. But he also needs to go. And Rick Hahn needs to go. And Jeremy Haber needs to go. And all of them need to go because they've created this 63 and 66 team. All the things that go along with it, they're responsible for it. I guarantee if they were here with 80 wins, me and Sean and Vinny later would be 
having the pom poms said, man, Rick Hahn out here in 2016, he promised us a fucking uh, rebuild championship. I'm no more mired in mediocrity. Motherfucker, let's go. Let's go. No, I'm not Roland Heeman. Kenny damn Royal Williams. Kenny Royal Williams. I love you, Herb. I love that you just. <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> It's the greatest clip fucking, that the show's ever Fucking Rick Hahn. Come on, Rick man. Hahn's definitely not the best GM in White Sox history. But for a team that's been a lo- around as long as they have been, a, a real pathetic organization that he's definitely top five, um, mainly because I think they probably had like six GMs in, the, in their, their time. Been a lot. They're not firing people, uh, folks. Um, and also, I did see uh, our guy Clark, and I love Clark. This is not me dragging Clark at all. Clark mentions, though, uh, something about Jerry, uh, saying Jerry was a breath of fresh air uh when he brought the team when he bought the team but so many uh, bad decisions have been made this man tried to move the team out of chicago in the late 80s so no jerry is not a breath of fresh air <laughs> in chicago this man did not want to be in chicago when he first owned the team so I- i'm not buying that points about sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off from now until september 8th points bets power hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m central standard time sign up for the points bet now using code chgo to also get two or three bets up to two thousand dollars and don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets boosted odds and so much more now through september 8th but that's not it if you make a $51 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. We have a brand new shirt for you Bears fans. QB1 has now entered the CHGO locker. So download the PointsBet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited-time offer. Again, $51 first-time deposit. You'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. So don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet if you or somebody know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And I just want to make sure, Herb, that I'm telling people about FOCO and not the new one. I just want to make sure I am. I'm telling you about FOCO. If you are looking for the best apparel out there, you're already listening to the best sports coverage for your favorite team. So get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. And for not for all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, check out FOCO.com or click the link in the YouTube description below and use code CHGO for 10% off all non-presale items. Now, we are going out to Guaranteed Rate Field to talk with our beat writer, our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber, to talk about tonight's game and what the White Sox released uh, before the game, about an hour, as White Sox manager Tony La Russa to miss tonight's game. They said at the direction of his doctor, Chicago White Sox manager Tony La Russa will miss tonight's game versus Kansas City. La Russa is scheduled to undergo further medical testing tomorrow in Chicago. Miguel Cairo stepped in as acting manager tonight, and we are now going to see if there's an update on Tony. So, hi, Vinny. How are you? Follow Vinny on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. What's up with Tony? 
Uh, there is no update. That was the update. Uh, the the update will come again tomorrow, the next one. So uh, there, nobody knows anything, you know, or certainly nobody was uh, saying anything uh, today after the game. Uh, so the next update we will hear on that is tomorrow. Scary situation, obviously. You know, you don't want uh, anybody to have to deal with that. If you'll remember, there were a few nights where uh, Ricky Renneria dealt with some health issues that, that forced him out of his manager's chair for a night or, uh, or multiple. So, um Unfortunately, not something new for the South Side here in the last uh, few years. But, uh, yeah, uh, you obviously uh, wish nothing but the best for Tony La Russa from a health standpoint. Absolutely. I just want to also take people through a little bit of a timeline of what your day was like and what this announcement was like because I was just standing here and then Ryan Herrera of the CHGO Cubs podcast was like, oh, Tony's not managing tonight. And I was like, what? Pardon? What's going on here? Um, because I saw a picture from Daryl about 4.30 with uh, Tony talking to Rick Hahn. Um, so what was kind of the timeline here, and, and was it shocking for you as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we, we talked to Tony today like we do every every day before the game, uh, you know, well before the game, obviously, around 4 o'clock. Uh, nothing abnormal at all. We saw him out in the outfield uh, during uh, early work before batting practice. He stood on the field and, and, and was you know, there for batting practice. Obviously, you mentioned talk to Rick on for a while, uh, but, you know, that's not unusual either. So nothing out of the ordinary in terms of uh, what Tony was going through before the game as part of his pregame routine and activity today. And, uh, yeah, I uh, want to send my well wishes to Tony. want him to be as good as he can be and get healthy as soon as he can. Um, as far as the game, we got exactly what we wanted from the offense. We got a couple extra base hits, three home runs, a bunch of singles, 12 hits in total and seven runs. But, of course, the pitching struggled there. What did Lucas Giolito have to say about this season in particular or in this game that he pitched today where he gave up five runs in six and a third? Yeah, he wasn't happy. Uh, I mean, I think uh, he, he said that a few of the pitches that he gave up the home runs on, he thought were good coming out of his hand. He thought he, he took care of uh, what he was supposed to do there. But uh, the Royals got the bat on the ball and got the ball out of the ballpark. So, um, you know, uh, whether right now it's failing to execute or failing to locate or failing to, to just kind of get the results you want, nothing really seems to be going right for Lucas Giolito. Obviously, he had the nice start in Baltimore uh, recently. But other than that, uh, you know, things are just not working out for him and on a night you know we talk about so much on you know oh my god he doesn't have it tonight oh my god you know he doesn't look like the guy that he's looked like in the past I don't think tonight was one of those days I think tonight was one of the days where he was looking all right I think he had seven strikeouts something I mean like he was kind of doing what he was supposed to be doing Royals got him and uh, five runs is five runs and it's another day where the results are not anything close to what you'd expect from a guy who came coming into the year uh, you know was the ace of your pitching staff Right. And one guy that we were talking about expectations wise, um, you know, Gavin Sheets coming into the year, we expected big things from him, but obviously he had his early season struggles, was sent down to Charlotte, called back up on June 23rd. And in the past 50 games, he's been phenomenal. First two uh, home run night tonight for a White Sox. What was he like uh, post game and, and what was uh, it like watching those two glorious moonshots from Gavin Sheets? Yeah, glorious moonshots right into the uh, the Goose Island there. Sad I'm never not going to call it that. It's really funny because, you know, everybody has those shirts that say, I still call it Comiskey. I think I'd like a shirt that says, I still call it the Goose Island. <laughs> but um, regardless, uh, that's been kind of the, uh, the the MO for Gavin Sheets this year, right, is to pull that ball right down the right field line and, and stick it in those nice seats down there. Um, 
he's been really good since he came back from 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 the minor leagues. He got some stuff figured out. Obviously, obviously, he's been red hot in August here. Um, he's a guy I think that has you know you talk about expectations. He's really uh, vacillated incredibly between. Is this guy a big part of the future? Is this guy no part of the future? Is this guy a big part of the future again? I mean, heck, in the offseason, he was the guy everybody was saying, all right, go ahead and trade him. You know, he, he's got that. He's got something somebody wants. Go ahead and trade him for for what this team still needs. Um, then at the beginning of the year, it looked like, all right, he, he is not the guy that, that anybody thought he was going to be. Send him back down to the minors. And now all of a sudden here, he's looking like a guy who you're going to pencil into the lineup for next season. So, um He's done really well for himself to to impress here lately, and he's probably done really well for himself to impress a front office that is going to be looking to uh, construct a lineup and might be doing some major tinkering here in the offseason. He is uh, advocating that he belongs here on the south side and, and deserves to, to be a part of the plans moving forward. And Vinny, before I ask my next baseball question, what does your uh, T-shirt say on it? I see it says, hold on. We got we got Sam and Dave on the show oh. today. I'm sorry, I'm not in my normal uh, not in my normal spot here. I'm up I'm upstairs today, but uh, yeah. So there you go. The people who sing Soul Man, the very same. Okay, awesome. And just wanted to know how Miguel Cairo found out that he was going to be doing the uh, managing tonight, and what he say about uh, the game today from uh, his manager perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty. You know, you don't want to say straightforward because these are unusual circumstances, but I think it was pretty cut and dry, at least, you know, uh, hey, Tony can't manage, you're managing tonight. And he credited the fact that he's always prepared, that he always makes sure, you know, he knows the state of the pitching staff, who's available in the bullpen, who isn't, that he knows the matchups that he's going to have to be dealing with. I mean, come on, this is a guy who obviously is part of this coaching staff and works with Tony La Russa on a daily basis. He's one of the guys that's standing right next to him there uh, every night in the dugout. So it makes sense that he's going to have all that information at his fingertips. Uh, and he credited his personal preparation for not, you know, making him feel like uh, the job was too big for him tonight i have a question too i mean like what did players say anything about this like i mean their manager just not able to uh go out there and manage uh, an hour before the game that must have been jarring in some way to them yeah i think you know there's obviously the surprise and then the concern that uh, you know what's what's going on with this guy that we're you know Regardless of your opinion on Tony Larusa as a manager, everybody's opinion inside that clubhouse is that he is a, uh, a the right man for the job and somebody that they really like. And, and you know, Jose Abreu used the term love. I mean, this is the guy that they uh, they really latched onto that family message that he preaches. And so, um, obviously, they're close to this guy. And he, uh, uh, you know, having this tonight, uh, whatever it was that was bothering him, is is going to have an effect. That being said, Luke, both Lucas and Julie. Both Lucas Giolito and Gavin Sheets said uh, that they, you know, felt like they had to go out there and do their job. That this wasn't hanging around with them during the game or anything like that. That this was, um, you know, you're concerned, but you can set it aside to go do your job for the evening. And I uh, just want to know the update on Yasmani Grandal and when he expects to be back up with the real team. Tony LaRusso told us uh, he's expected to be back tomorrow. We saw him today. Yeah, Yaz is here. So, um, Ooh, okay. So, yeah, so uh, uh, he was here before the game. He took batting practice today. Uh, so they, uh, Tony LaRusso expected him to be activated tomorrow. I, I saw in your tweet, too, before Tony left, I think he said, you know, tomorrow we'll determine whether he can catch or not. Um, do you think they'll activate him and then possibly not play him? Or do you think that just, or did Tony just mean he'll either catch or BDH? And we'll figure that out tomorrow. Correct, the latter. 
Okay. All right. So Yaz will play. Um, we also got an update on Luis Robert not playing uh, today in, in today's game. Uh, AJ Pollock out in center field, Vaughn out and left, Sheets out and right today uh, for your outfield alignment. But we did see him in Arizona, uh, the Arizona game on Sunday as a pinch runner. Uh, any update on what Robert's wrist is looking or feeling like? Yeah, I, I mean, there was an update, but the update is basically the same as it has been. Uh, oh it is, it, it's not, he's not swinging normally. And until he's swinging normally, he's going to not hit. Um, he can play defense, he can run the bases. So you might see him in those uh, aspects moving forward. But uh, there was no exact date given, or at least nothing, uh, you know, as soon as, let's put it this way. They're basically going to wait for him to show up at the field and start swinging like he's normally swings. And so far that has not happened. And so they are not going to put him in the game or put him in the lineup until that is the case. Um, they seemed to believe because they played him and started him and had him bat in that Baltimore series uh, that it was normal enough or that it was not um, quite as bothersome. Uh, Tony Lewis has cited over the weekend inflammation as being the reason, you know, there was it went from being just kind of a visible thing to being something that was actually noticeable from a medical standpoint. Uh, and that's why they decided to sit him down for the Arizona series. Um, yeah, it's not uh, it's 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 not uh, an exact science right now, I guess, is the best way you can put it. And uh, there's not uh, any sort of update on when he'll be back. It's just going to be when he's back, he's back. And the last thing I got for you, Vinny, is uh, I know us fans, we think about losing the season series to the Royals for the second year in a row is embarrassing. I don't know if the players feel the same. Do they? Did they speak about how the Royals have really had their number this year? Not really. Uh, I mean, I think the idea is they don't care who they don't care who they beat as long as they beat them. You know what I mean? And I think the idea is that they Uh would be. Just, just a little cleanup going on up okay. here on the, uh, on the on the 400 level. No problem, nothing to worry about. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I don't think they care about who they're playing. They want to win the game. And so, if you told them you got a losing record against the Royals, they're going to be pissed about it. And if you told them you got a winning record against whoever else, they're going to be happy about it. Uh, the point being that if they had a losing record against the Royals, but they were in first place by six games, they'd be they'd probably take it. Not they'd probably take it. They would 100% take it. If they had a this losing record, but they beat the Royals every time they saw them, they probably wouldn't care too much because they still have a losing record. Um, and I think that's what they look at. I mean, Gavin Sheets talking after the game. I go, how do you? What can you guys do to, to get out of this stretch that you're in? That is so. I mean, they've lost ten or twelve. What what can you guys do to get out of this? And he said, win. He said, win. He goes. He goes. You know, you can have all the manufactured energy you want or all the manufactured fun that you want. You're not actually having any fun until you win. And so, I mean, we've been asking this question all year long. Obviously, you see so many fans and you guys are probably among them, you know, on Twitter or just commenting wherever they like to comment that the team looks lifeless or the team. Where is the team's energy? Where is its sense of urgency? Um it's it, it really is kind of that chicken or egg thing. And it seems like it's not like they're just going to be able to show up at the ballpark all excited. And that means they're going to win. They, they need to win first and win consistently. And they're running out of time to do that. They have ran out of time to do that. Uh, if you, uh, you know, are, are someone who believes that this is over and certainly there's no reason to think that any sort of light switch is going to turn on. But um, the idea is that, the personality that you've seen this team show is a direct result of the results. And I don't think that it is vice versa. 
Yeah, and I mean, Tony said before the game, the guys know that the time is running out. But I also do think, think it's interesting. Like you know, you, you can't manufacture anything uh, from from Gavin Sheets uh, right there, and and what Tony said on Saturday. You know, get angry and do something about it tomorrow. They just keep losing. Um, so obviously, you know, having that mindset of you know, let's get angry, let's go out and do something, uh, hasn't worked, and it hasn't worked when they had their ace on the mound to and cease on Sunday. Uh, didn't work up against the the uh, sub five hundred Royals. It, you just really question at this point, like who can they beat outside of Detroit? And now I'm kind of questioning, can they even beat Detroit um, at this point? Yes. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's it's been a real up and down, tipsy topsy turvy season. Uh, final thing I got for you, uh, Garrett Crochet was also seen at the G-Rate today, and he was uh, throwing and, and getting some warm-ups. You have a piece up at allchgo.com that I think people should check out. But what was the vibe that you got from the big right-hander or big left-hander that's uh, <laughs> recovering from Tommy John? He was feeling good. He was feeling really good. He was smiley. He was pumped. I mean, come on. This is a guy who's basically been, you know, banished to Arizona pretty much for the majority of the season away from all his teammates because he's had to get right following that Tommy John surgery. And uh, here he was on the South side. He's going to be here for the rest of the year with the team. Uh, you know, really happy to see his, 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 his fellow players. And he called it a boost. He called, you know, he called it a mental boost. This is a, a good thing for him. Positive step today. He's the first time he played catch uh, or the first time he threw since, since the surgery. So he was really happy about that kind of quasi milestone and um, was really looking forward to next year. He's, he's excited. He wants to prepare to be a starting pitcher for this team next season. Um, and that might not mean until for, at least from his standpoint, midway through next season, uh, there's a lot that goes into whether that's going to be the case or not. Um, the recovery time for, uh, a starting pitcher typically takes longer than the recovery time for a reliever, which makes sense when you think about the number of pitches that a, that a starting pitcher has to throw each time out, how strong their arm needs to be or durable, uh, uh, how durable it needs to be. But he's told the White Sox that he wants to start um, as soon as next year, sooner rather than later. And uh, they've heard him. They're open to it. They're fine uh, with that idea. But they need to see what's going to be the best for him and the best for the team. As we just talked about going into this season before Garrett got hurt, it was that will will he won't he be a be a starter or a reliever because he has so much value as a member of that bullpen which we've seen as a left-hander coming out of that bullpen which we've seen um and so they might choose to do that again but they drafted him as a starting pitcher and i think the idea would be depending on what the roster looks like because you know you you they have an entire offseason to figure out what they're going to make that starting rotation look like how they're going to tweak the bullpen if they are or not and uh they've got to figure out where garrett crochet that's best fits into that puzzle for 2023. Yeah, a lot of great quotes in there, a lot of great uh, parts and, and bits uh, in that article. So I think people should definitely check that out at All CHGO. Um, and I thought the most important part or interesting part that you mentioned there was, um, you know, if he's going to come in as a starter, which is his goal, it's probably going to take him till mid 2023. But if the White Sox decide, hey, we need you in our bullpen he might be ready at the start of the year. So I think that's a real interesting place for uh, that young kid to be in. So uh, interesting to see his development. And like you said, fans care about the future at this point, uh, according to your mailbag. Uh, so we'll probably talk about Garrett Crochet, future starter, uh, in one of these off-day episodes coming up soon. Uh, so, Vinny, we appreciate you joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber, and make sure to check out his recent pieces, like the mailbag, uh, where he answered our CHGO uh, members' questions, and then also the recent piece on Garrett Crochet. Thanks, Vinny. All right, guys. Have a good night. Later. You too. I'm going to have a good night because... I'm going to follow Game Time's tickets do's and don'ts, all right? You know what? I, I'm going to tell you about Game Time, our brand new 
advertiser. We're very excited to have them on, mainly because they have the hottest new ticket site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed about sitting uh, in a seat that you never thought could cost, uh, you know, $50 line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at concerts, it's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. Uh, you won't be able to find a deal this season on White Sox tickets ever before. You know, I mean, I see people saying on resale you know, uh, sites they're down to two dollars. You probably get them on one dollar yep. uh, on Game Time. All right, so definitely check out this brand new app. It was created by fans for the fans, and they have the guaranteed lowest prices. If you're especially a Bears fan, excited to see Justin Fields play this year, Soldier Field, they only to pack in about 60,000. That's why they want to go out to Arlington Park. Um, you know, those 60,000 fill up fast and game time will be able to get you the lowest pr- price tickets for the best seats. So download the game time app today. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is to buy your tickets through the link in the description. So click the link in the YouTube description to download the game time app. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score some of the best seats to all of your favorite events, like all of the great concerts in Chicago, Bears seasons coming up, Bulls seasons coming up, and they were great last year. Sky still have a couple more games. Hawks tickets are probably really cheap, no matter if you're using the game time app or not. So definitely check out game time when you're looking for your Bears and Bulls tickets because uh the other teams kind of stink hey when we went to cleveland i you we used game time to get the tickets and got them for cheaper than they would have been uh, otherwise and when we go to atlanta this friday gonna do the same baby there you go so make sure you're clicking that link in the description to download the game time app and buy your tickets as cheap as you can it's guaranteed the lowest price out there and also since we talked about it with Vinny. Become a member at allchgo.com. You're going to be getting great insight to your teams like Garrett Crochet as a starter. The discussion uh, as Garrett's, you know, goals. Vinny covered that with quotes from Garrett, quotes from the organization. That was a very good read. Ryan Herrera of the CHGO Cubs put out a great article on Nick Madrigal, former Sox. A lot of great quotes from former College teammates, high school teammates, uh, current players like Nick Madrigal's teammates, Nick Madrigal himself. It's about a 15-minute read. It's currently free to people. So if you want to test out some of the bigger articles, some of the more in-depth pieces, check out Ryan Herrera's Cubs piece on Nick Madrigal. It's very recent. And if you like it, become a member at allchgo.com. You also get access to our CHGO locker. That's where Vinny answered questions uh, for his mailbag piece. And you'll get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So go to allchgo.com and sign up to become a member today. Uh, Got some all-out tickets for Sunday. You go on, Herb. I don't know what all-out is. I assume it's AEW or WWE wrestling thing. So, no, I'm not a wrestling guy necessarily. I've never been to a wrestling uh like a big time wrestling thing. I've been to independent things for friends, but no. I believe uh, all out is AEW, which is the non WWE. AEW. Exactly. Um, I went to WrestleMania twenty three. How was it? It was. Uh, it was great. Aretha Franklin sung the uh, national anthem. I mean, I used to watch WrestleMania back in the day when I was a child. WrestleMania three is the thing that sticks out in my head. Uh, Pontiac Silverdome. Hulk Hogan slams uh, Andre the Giant. Three Eight, times. Eighty thousand people. 
Oh, man. Going great, crazy. Uh, 80,000 people are going crazy for Gavin Sheets' uh, two home runs tonight. I want to go to this Chris Kampka tweet, Herb, uh, because I saw this, and I was like, eh, I have a feeling that this is just going to change just because Chris Kampka tweeted this out. Players with multiple home run uh, homers in a game at guaranteed rate field this season, Josh Naylor on May 9th, Giancarlo Stanton on May 12th, Alex Kirilov on uh, July 5th, Jorge Polanco on July 6th, Seth Brown on July 29th, exactly, Alex Bregman on uh, August 18th, and Nick Prado tonight, all opposing players, until in the ninth inning, Gavit Sheets hits his second of the game. So Gavit Sheets hit a bomb in the uh, fourth inning, hit a bomb in the second inning, uh, and Gavit Sheets has been one of the bright spots. So here's the Herbie Sunshine corner. Uh, Herb, I put some stats together for you. Mm -hmm. Since Gavin Sheets' call-up on June 23rd, mm. he's played 50 games, 154 at-bats, 8 home runs, 12 doubles, 32 RBIs, 7 walks, 28 Ks. Not great there, but when he's hitting 305, 339, and slugging 539, I'm not going to complain. Come on, this is great. It's great. He's having a good uh, return to the major leagues. Somebody down there at AAA, was it a... Chris Johnson, who was the hitting coach, might have got to him and showed him the ways he needs to be hitting now and hitting for power. And he's doing the job for the White Sox from the left-handed side, the guy that the White Sox probably wanted earlier in the season. But if you're going to depend on Gavin Sheets in his first full year of Major League Baseball to carry your burden of left-handed power, you're already doing wrong. So this was good for Gavin. Excellent. He should be a guy that you should be thinking of as a maybe a fifth outfielder and maybe a replacement at first base, especially if I'm giving Jose Abreu his walking papers and having Andrew Vaughn as the first baseman of the future. Yeah, Gavin Sheets is nice replacement, but if you can find something of value for Gavin Sheets in this trade market in the offseason, I'm more than willing to listen to it. I hope he finishes off the year strong, but coming back next year and thinking Gavin Sheets is going to be a 30 home run a year guy, that's foolhardy. Yeah, I would like to see him come back and repeat this next year. Would love like, it. Like, well, I mean, like that's the thing though. Is like, I, I think I kind of need to see it. Yeah, from, from Gavin, because I mean, at the start of this year, he kind of went away. I mean, this is what he was, in some ways, doing last year, and the White Sox desperately needed this back in April, back in May, back in June, when he wasn't doing this. Right, he wasn't here for three months doing this. So I, I still think the White Sox, you know, trading to Baltimore. He likes playing there. Trade him to Baltimore. Trade him back home. Um, Larry that, Sheets would love it too. Yes, Larry Sheets can sit front row in his little blue polo that he's always in, and just you know watch watch Gav hit some hit some bombs. Send back Santander, the, the guy you want. Yeah, I mean, no, I would want I would want Mullins more than anybody, but no, Mullins and Felix Bautista for Gavin Sheets. Who says no? Everybody. Well, the the Orioles already hung up once you said Mullins. They like click. Yeah, we don't even need to hear the guy that yeah. you're going to give us, even if it's Michael Kopech. Uh, McFly guy say no spot to play him, unfortunately. Aloy needs to DH, uh, which is the truth about the Sox. You know, you got to bray you at first. You have Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn trying to be outfielders, which they're not. Aloy Jimenez can't play uh, the outfield because of his knee, so he's the, your DH. It's basically this year or uh, this offseason, you have to figure out how to get two of those four guys off the roster, which sucks because... Basically, those four guys are your best hitters. And also, like, Aloy is hitting, but he's not at the top of his value. Like, when somebody is trading for Aloy, they're like, okay, we're trading for a broken-down player who will give us 120 games. 
So here, who's making twenty million dollars? Yes, who will give you less than what you should get for Aloy Jimenez? So you're going to be trading him for pennies on the dollar. That's the only problem with trading Aloy, trading Gavin Sheets, and all these players. So then you got to start looking at players who are actually playing at the height of their powers, and then say, okay, could we absorb this loss? And no, you can't absorb a loss of <laughs> Dylan Dylan Cease. You're keeping him. You're keeping Tim Anderson for the most part. And Andrew Vaughn, you're keeping. And then everybody else, I'm thinking, eh, you can be gone. Right. But yeah. you're not going to get a lot from him. Unless this team has this crazy turnaround, I, I'm not really I'm not really going to pine for anybody to, to be on this team. Like, I, I'd love to see Dylan Cease, obviously, on the 2023 White Sox. I'd love to see Michael Kopech on the 2023 White Sox. Andrew Vaughn. Three players. Luis Robert. They traded him for a good enough package. I don't think I'd care. Oof, I, I don't think I'd care. I, mean, I was looking through his, his stat cast numbers, and, and we, were, we were talking about him like slowing down as a defender. Uh, in 2020, he was in the 96th percentile of sprint speed. Uh, for outfielder jump, he was in the 71st. In 2021, his sprint speed was in the 73rd percentile, and his outfielder jump was in the 87th percentile. Wow. And then this year, his outfielder jump is in the 22nd percentile, Ooh. and his sprint speed is down to 68th percentile. Ooh. So I don't know the damn table. I I don't know if he's locked in. I think part of losing is guys not being locked in guys, not hustling guys, not, you know, playing with that fire. I mean, that's why Johnny Cueto is calling guys out and he's calling guys out. Honestly, probably too late. I mean, it it took him until August to call this team without playing out for fire. They weren't playing with fire in May. Maybe he didn't feel like he was enough part of the team to be talking and voicing his opinion at the time. And also, he probably didn't know how well he was going to be doing. So, like, he said that stuff when he knew that, hey, I'm out here dealing. I'm out here kicking ass. And uh, my voice means a little bit if I'm kicking ass. And then if I talk to him, because if I was, if he was Dallas Keuchel, like yeah. Dallas Keuchel talked, people were like, eh, get out of here. You ain't doing <laughs> shit. You, shut up. You're not wrong. Um, and I, 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 again, yeah, you're not wrong. I, I think that, you know, he had to build up that cred, but anyone else could have said it. I mean, it just didn't have to be Dallas Keuchel. But like, none of the other 25 guys have mouths on that team. Like, and I understand Jose Abreu might be saying other shit, like, you know, in the clubhouse and stuff like that. But when you throw it out to the media, it becomes more apparent it becomes a focus um so i i, I don't know um I, I do want to talk about one final thing before we wrap here and that's kind of the tony stuff it's an odd situation Very for white so. Sox fans uh, first off we do want to wish tony the best we want him fired i don't want him to be in any yeah. pain or have any health issues right I, I want him to live a life that is you know a, a full one right I, I, a couple you know, more decades 77 is pretty young however money you want to live tony right so I, I i wish him all of the best in his recovery uh, maybe he's not even recovering maybe he's fine maybe you watch tonight's game at home i'm not sure there's not a lot of info out there but i do find it interesting and i love socks machine love patrick nolan but when he's a guy that coming out did you see his tweet he quoted the white Sox announcement about the tony la Russa thing saying like, oh, this is odd that they're putting out a press release. And apparently they flashed something on the video screen. That's what Lucas said he saw to notice that Tony wasn't going to be on the game, that they flashed something and being like, hey, they flashed that screen on the video board saying like Tony's not going to manage today. The reason they did it is because clearly something happened between 4 p.m. when he talked to Tony or the media talked to Tony LaRusso and the game time at 7. 
so much where the White Sox needed to make a statement because it would have been weird for Tony La Russa to not be on the field. Something happened where his doctors didn't allow him to coach tonight for him not to be on the field. And the White Sox needed to address that because it's Tony La Russa. Like, I, I don't think that this is some conspiracy. I don't think this is something where that conversation where Rick and Tony were having on the third baseline is about Rick being or Tony being fired, right? I, I don't think that they are removing Tony right before a game on Tuesday. They had an off day to do that, all right? I, I don't think they're going to make up an injury or, 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 a, or a health scare before the game to remove Tony from his position. Tomorrow, if Tony La Russa is not the manager of the White Sox, I don't think it's some fake health scare. I think it's Tony La Russa is a 77-year-old man who retired when he was 66 years old 11 years ago because baseball was probably taking a toll on his body because 162 games for a 77-year-old is a taxing thing to do, and he just did it the year before. Yes, and I think it's not too far-fetched to believe that a guy up in his age would be frustrated by this team the other day. He said he's angry. And this season to just accumulate, accumulate all this anger in his body that, you know, anybody can't take, especially a 77-year-old man. And his doctor's like, hey, man, shit ain't worth it. What are you doing out here? 128, now 129 games. You're out here grinding, and your team ain't doing nothing. You know, you're making yourself matter every day. You're not healthy. Your body's uh, reacting in a poor way to it. So let's have some time. You can just relax, do some tests tomorrow to make sure you're not in danger. There is no reason for somebody to be out there if they're not healthy. If he's not, if this is not bringing him enjoyment, why would Tony do it? I would love for him to just step away and say, hey, man, I got championships. This is, this is. This sock shit is too much, bro. Right. Like, like this is an impossible thing. And I tried my hardest, even though the fans don't believe me, and I, even though the fans don't like how I tried my hardest, I tried my hardest, but this ain't for me. I just go and uh, retire to Sarasota or Tampa, wherever I live, live off the rest of my years out there, chill out, drink a Mai Tai, and kick it instead of having this aggravation on day-in, day-out basis. And these fans don't want me here. The management don't want me here. It's time to bounce. And I want Tony La Russa to be healthy. I want him to be 100% healthy as a 77-year-old can be and him to bounce out and say, hey, man, I gave him my try. I asked Jerry for the job. Jerry gave me the job. It didn't work out. Deuces. Let's connect the dots, too. Like, I mean, I, I agree with you, absolutely. But, I mean, the, some of the commenters are, are connecting the dots. Like, stress is bad. Yes. Vinny Duber said after Sunday's game, that is the maddest he's seen Tony La Russa as a White Sox manager. On Saturday, he said, get mad. He just got swept by the Diamondbacks. What, to what Vinny's told us is this guy takes losing personally, and I, I think that this has just been an extremely stressful year because, again, part of the issue with loyalty is you don't mix business with friendship. And I think Tony, as a 77-year-old who is getting this shot again from his very good friend Jerry Reinsdorf, is probably taking it to heart. I think that he is old. I think that his baseball mind is old. I think he's out of touch with the current baseball player. But still, I don't think that doesn't mean he's trying. Yeah. He's just trying very hard at his job, and he's failing. It's, yeah. a, it's a different thing. You could try hard and be bad at something. Yeah, he's uh, trying. I, I think he's lost his touch after 11 years and of being retired. And that also can be, as a Hall of Fame baseball person, that can probably be some reality that's hitting him hard. Man, what I used to do and what I'm doing now, it, it don't work in now's game. So 
it's very hard to come to re- realization like man this is some th- this is some shit like usually i would do this that and the other we would win and then i would do this that and the other we would win and now this team doesn't do this that and the other and we don't win and it's hard as hell for me to go day to day and these fans don't like me the media doesn't like me i'm a national joke every time they put us on the screen they say my name and i'm affiliated with it man as I said, when he got hired in 2020, what is in it from him? What is in it for him? If he would have won a championship with the White Sox, would people have said he is the greatest manager of all time? Maybe. But that's a risk, a real huge risk for him to take to come back to the game 11 years after he left it and saying, you know, I'm going to do it again. There's very little to win here for Tony. Right. He already has three championships. He already has the Hall of Fame career. He already has the money in the bank. Why did he come back? And now he's seeing this shit's really hard. It's a grind. And when your team doesn't play and you're getting injured all the time, it's really a grind. And people are going to look at you as this, the person they're going to blame. And I guarantee when you look back at the White Sox 2021-2022 season and the window closing, they're going to be looking at Tony LaRusa as a main focal point of this team not winning, which fair or not, you're the manager. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, and I think, too, like, we, we saw kind of some moments or, or some, you know, kind of uh, points to view in uh, at this Tony situation before. On May 25th, after uh, a, a stressful ninth inning game, uh, he had his phone ring twice during the post-game conference, answered it the second time, said, I'll call you back, and then said, my daughter, she doesn't like it when I keep getting stressed in the ninth inning. Neither do I. I keep telling her it's not fun. Again, I think stress is bad for a 77-year-old. When your daughter's calling you after a game like that, like, and, and, and it feels panicked. When you call somebody twice, I mean, like, that has to be like, all right, I have to call him. I have to make sure that he's okay. I, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of concerns around somebody who's 77 years old. And you guys talked about this, you and Tanny, when you were doing Lockdown Sox last year. I think, like, around May, it was kind of like, all right, does Tony have enough energy to get through the end of the season? And he did. But I, I, I think that we kind of stopped questioning it this year. I don't know if he has enough energy to get through it. I, I think that, you know, the toll of 162 is a lot for players, clearly. White Sox players can't handle 162. I'm not surprised the manager can't handle 162. Yeah, and I want Tony to realize that, feel it, and say, hey, this is not worth my health, my safety, my life, and step away. Have those tests tomorrow, whatever they reveal – just say, it's been real. It's been real, real, Chicago. I'm going to step away. And not just for the team, not just for us and our sake. You know, I want the person to be healthy because yeah. this is obviously not making him more healthy. If anything, it's taking years off his life, taking years off our life. And we, we don't even go to the ballpark. But somehow it still affects us each and every day. Uh, Sox lose nine to seven. They fall. I feel better now though. Sixty three and sixty six. Oh, I always feel better wow. uh, having our little therapy sessions with our guy Wayne, Dave, White Sox, Tom, Clark, McFly guy, Oz, Paul correct, uh, Fred, our guy, uh, Dan Payton as well. You know, I mean, appreciate everybody hanging Alex out. Alex Rude's in the house. I saw him. Uh, yeah, earlier. Alex Rude's blowing up my phone. Uh, you know, Paul correct. You know, it, uh, we love it. We love our guys. So that's Herb Lawrence. Love him. Follow him on Twitter at Ignorable23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We also love Vinny Duber. He was out at Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas, who produced the show. We appreciate Stephen. We will be back tomorrow at 630 for Lance Lynn versus Chris 
Bubich. Mm-hmm. Um, he has not been good recently, and uh, moment of the night was her saying, I will kill you. Yes, sorry. I don't even know who I said it to. No. Just generic whoever thinks that Kenny Williams and Rick Hunter are on the same level as GMs. Don't worry. It'll be clipped and post on social tomorrow. Oh, it'll be great. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow for the White Sox and Royals. It's game two. Can the White Sox even, you know, be 10 and 9 versus the Royals? The march starts now. I'm Sean Anderson. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the CHGO White Sox pre and post game show.